I am so good, Bridget. I miss you, and I'm so close to coming home. I'm very, very, very excited. You guys, about I'm this. really mad uh, about this hurricane situation that just happened because it meant that Shawnee has been delayed. She was supposed to be home already, and in my arms, and she is not. And I'm sad about it. We're supposed to be eating. <laughs> we were supposed to be eating Reese's yes. right now, and it's just not happening. Um, just like a fun fact that, so at, to this point, I think eight flights have been canceled during COVID that I was supposed to be on coming home. Um, and I booked three flights back to back, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because I was like, no matter what, I'm coming home. And literally the only thing that could keep me from coming home were hurricanes. <laughs> That all three flights. <laughs> I mean, two. I was sandwiched between two hurricanes, so that was a fun um, experience. I am due to come home soon, but I decided to to not tell people the date and just surprise everyone this time around. <laughs> I'm Hope so for the best. <laughs> Hope for the best. I'm so tired. Even my neighbor is making fun of me at this point. She's like, "Okay, when pigs fly, I'll see you." <laughs> um, but. <laughs> This week, we're reading Unmasked Heart by Vanessa Riley. And the reason I chose this book was Vanessa Riley was recommended. A different book was recommended. However, because I want to read more books that have more brown people and people of color in general, I switched it to this book um, because it happens to be about a girl who is mixed and finds out that she's mixed uh, within the context of the story. Uh, so I thought that would be an interesting read. And so I um, ended up adding that to the roster instead of the original book that was recommended. And a little update about next week's book. So we are supposed to be reading book number three of The Bare Knuckle Bastards by Sarah McLean next week. However, we are actually going to review book number one. And let me tell you why. Because I thought it would be kind of interesting if one of us, namely me, because I read an aggressive amount of books, would read all three, and then Shawnee would come in and just read book three, because I thought it would be interesting to see whether it could stand alone, and if like our reviews would be different, because I would already have the context of previous books. The idea is a really good idea, and I think in the future we will do that idea. However, with this series in particular, I just did not, after reading all three, I was like, I just don't think it's going to work. So we're going to actually review book number one. This is a good thing because I didn't read ahead because now I just don't trust 2020 anymore. I don't trust 2020 to be reliable for me this year, Bridget. <laughs> well, Shawnee, we do have one good thing to say, which is happy one year anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary, Bridget. Yes. So we actually came up with the idea of the podcast in... I believe February or maybe January. I think it was January. But we didn't actually release our first episode until August 29th. And we are recording on that day. So happy one year anniversary, Shawnee. It has been an absolute blast. We have done 40 some episodes. Yes. And, you know. And we ain't stopping. We can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. <laughs> and uh, we just... Speaking of our, our year of, of joy being together with you all, uh, we want this to be like a real place of fun and escapism. 2020 has been a shit show. 2019 was a shit show for Shawnee and I personally, for other reasons, 
2020 has been a shit show mm-hmm. for everyone. And yes, girl. So we just want you guys to come here. We want you to be happy. We want you to spend this hour, hour and 20 minutes just like giggling and maybe blushing a little because we're reading some racy lines and talking about sex a lot. And just like we want you to feel like you just like got together with your homegirls and are having maybe some shots, some wine, some crackers, whatever you're into, some tea. I don't know. And just cackling and having the best time. So we hope to be that escapism for you. Yes. I think that was always my thing. Um, I would join all these different groups. Like I remember joining this comic group and it was so heavy in this comic group. And I remember thinking like, I come here to escape. I know what the world looks like every day. I just want to go somewhere and escape. Um, And so we hope that we provide a, a place where people can escape to. However, not just yet, because I have to say rest in peace to my Chadwick Boseman Mm -hmm. because like I honestly I want to pretend like I care about when celebrities die I don't Mm -hmm. I don't know them Mm -hmm. I think I said to somebody like yo this one is hitting me this one is hitting me hard like it came out of nowhere and um, and I think Chadwick Boseman for so many people and not just black people represents something way greater than ourselves and so it hit me like you know in the solar plexus i was like especially now with uh jacob um blake being shot um nobody getting any justice tamir rice brianna taylor that just boggles my freaking mind every day that those um officers are not in jail right now um to have like Black Panther, <laughs> the man who played Black Panther, the epitome of just like Black justice, mm-hmm. uh, pass away, it hits you somewhere nasty. Um, and so we just like everything, our, our hearts, prayers, thoughts, all that stuff that people like to give, like I'm giving it. You can, you can have it all, Chadwick. Like that, this one, this one, uh, we're gonna have to pour out some freaking Martinelli's for this one, Bridget, when I get back, because. Dude, because I'm sad about I'm, it. I was devastated. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, as T'Challa, he's unbelievable. I mean, that movie, I went in and I was so hyped for it, and it lived up to all of my expectations. And I was just beaming, like, and I'm white, and I was beaming, and like, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. for people who like never had that representation of a superhero the profound like it must have felt like when I went to Wonder Woman and I was like yes you can make just an unbelievable movie and have a female protagonist superhero and it's just a great film like it's top to bottom storytelling it's just a great movie and yes like but like he also I mean he also (laughs) like was in so many great movies like he played Jackie Robinson and that movie was awesome like he played Thurgood Marshall that movie was Mm -hmm. awesome like he Mm -hmm. like he just is he was just in so many good movies like that man was just in good movies I mean obviously he's a great actor and so he was probably very sought after by all these filmmakers and writers but and and can we just say he was beautiful oh my he was god awesome. that smile those teeth yeah. get out of here just stop yes. it i was like yum 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 yes. yum, yum. <laughs> i you know I, I i don't you know i thankfully haven't had anyone in my you know family have colon cancer and so i don't know that much about it but i am stunned that he could maintain any muscle mass or weight while going through surgeries and chemotherapy and colon cancer 
because I imagine that eating had to have been terrible and painful, but he had to eat enough to yeah. maintain, like, you know, he's a superhero. He had to maintain fucking muscle. Like, he, he's not like, he wasn't like yeah. a wiry little skinny guy until, actually, I saw a picture of him from some event a couple months before COVID started. And he looked very thin compared to his normal. I just thought it was, I just thought it was because he's like preparing for a part or something. Actors are always going up and down in weight. So I just assumed he was going to play somebody in yeah. a movie where he couldn't be jacked anymore. Um, but it, I mean, it, I feel like that's also the reason it was like, it was so sudden and it was astonishing. Like the level of work he was able to do while being that sick. Because you and I both had a really shitty yeah. 2019 health-wise. And, like, we're yeah. barely <laughs> keeping our shit together. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, it's, he was an astonishing person. He's, he was, uh, he yeah. was great. I just, like, I just always remember this moment where I was uh, at a pho restaurant, like, waiting outside because it was a good restaurant. So it was a huge wait list. And... Um, there was a, a boy, and he was Korean, and he must have been, like, six years old. And he was with his dad. Um, and he was just staring at me, right? Just, I mean, like, just awkwardly, like, dead in my eyes, staring at me. And so, I mean, I love kids. I worked with them for a long time. So I just, like, kind of waved and was like, hi, you know? And the floodgates opened. He was like, did you see Black Panther? And I like this part. And, da, da, and did you see the, and the soldiers? And then he was going in and he was going, ham, He, you know? And he couldn't wait to talk to me about it, you know? And it was one of the best feelings I had, like, th that I had. I was like, um, and then I understood what was happening when I went to see Crazy Rich Asians. I was watching that movie um, realizing that I had never seen a movie like this on a big screen. And I cried. And my I went with my friend Jacqueline and she cried. You know, she's Filipino. And like, um, you realize in those moments that you've never seen that before and how spectacular and special that is. And I don't think you have to be the race of the people in the um, whatever said movie is to realize that you have not seen this before yeah. and that you want to see more of it. And I tell people all the time, like for me, you know, I watch crazy rich Asians and realize I had not been given the opportunity to objectify Asian men. Like I really, really could have been doing for many years. I I've, I'm not gonna lie. I've always been an equal opportunity lover. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, but crazy rich Asians gave you the candy of all candy. <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was joking. My husband, who's of Korean descent, I'm always like, "You owe my love to." I mean, in general, I am an equal opportunity lover <laughs> across all the countries of the world. But mm -hmm. uh, I would say Han from the Fast and Furious franchise. Yum. I saw that man walk on screen, and I was like, "Got to get a slice. Got to get a slice, slice." Like that man <laughs> did it for me. Crazy Rich Asians. Obviously, that guy is beautiful. He's outrageously good looking. Um, and it is important to see, in general, like, obviously, representation matters. Like, anyone who says it doesn't is just dumb because it 100% does. And I I also think the, the, the great thing is that not only were those movies that we've mentioned so far something we had never seen, but they were also great movies. Because I think there's a lot mm -hmm. of times where, you know, movies will get held to a different standard because they have a black cast or an Asian cast or whatever, the mm -hmm. a female director yeah. or whatever the fuck. 
And whenever those movies just like crush it out of the park, I'm like, yes. Okay. Last thing last thing before we like jump into this episode, Bridget. Yeah. Like the movie that like got me just like my sister always says, I can't believe you you are had a crush on him, but I did. Oh. I had a crush on Jet Lee. Okay. Romeo must die when he was with yes. Leah, and I was like, Jelly, like yes. the brown girl. He liked the brown yes. girl. Wait, I, did everyone not I have loved, a crush on Jetly? Was that not a thing? Like, I don't know, but I did. Yeah. I was fully on Team Jetly. Yep. I never had a Jackie Chan thing, but I definitely had a Jetly yes. thing. And like, I know that like he he actually got sick. I think he might have had colon cancer or something. So he looks vastly uh, different now because of of being ill. Um, I almost didn't recognize him, but I always remember. I'm like, thank you, Jet Li. You, you were like one of my first like Asian crushes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> Bridget, tell me about your new favorite hashtag. Okay, guys, I was on Instagram today and I was like scrolling through what other people are using in their hashtags to get discovered, and I found one that was H E A or Get the Fuck Out, and I was like, yes, yes, thank you. That's a that's basically our yes. podcast. If there's no happy <laughs> ever after. Why are we even here? Get the fuck out of here. Why are we even here? Get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here. Uh, so if you like our show, and I know you do because you're still here, uh, subscribe and leave us a review recommending a book for us to review because almost all the books that we review, people have told us about. Um, we prefer to review books that people have read and loved and are excited about. Let us know. And, and we're on Instagram all the time chatting it up, especially Bridget, because she loves to chat. <laughs> I do love to chat, you guys. She does. All right, Bridget, you ready to get it popping? Let's get it popping. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, everyone, welcome back. So we are talking about Unmasked Heart by Vanessa Riley today. This is a historical romance because obviously season four is all historicals all the time. Fall into historicals with us. This book is not part of a series. It's a standalone. And Shani, tell me a little bit about the narrator before we get going. So I was not a big fan of the narrator. Um, Her name was Gwen Olson. And it took me a minute to actually really get into her voice. I don't know if it was kind of whiny or draggy or what, but I mean, I think I rewound the beginning of the book quite a few times to actually like get into it. So I I don't know. She did the thing, but wasn't my favorite. All right. So not an audiobook recommendation. If you guys are going to choose to read it, definitely pick up a book or ebook of this book. Uh, what did you think about the cover art? So the cover art, Bridget. Yes. Um, I mean, it was fine. It was all right. There's a, a girl on the cover. She looks like she is wrapped in a sheet of some sort. I'm, I'm assuming that's her dress or whatever. <laughs> um, I didn't find it very informative as to what was going to happen in the book. But in, in retrospect, it actually is really informative because it is a boring cover. And this was a boring book. <laughs> So, so in uh, in that case, the cover was perfection. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like whatever. Yeah. So 
I thought the font was nice because it gave me that historical vibe. And she did not look like a white lady, so I immediately knew this was going to be some sort of perhaps mixed race or like a brown person in historicals. I'm not sure yet. Um, It looks like this is supposed to be the dress from the masquerade because it looks like she's holding a mask in front of her. Um, But she's wearing what I would argue is a pretty modern hairstyle, which confused me a little bit. Um, Yeah. But it looked like, honestly, it looked like she was wrapped in a bed sheet like she had just come out of (laughs) a boudoir or something. Mm. Totally different book. Uh, But yeah, you know, I I agree that I thought that this was... Uh, I don't know that this is a cover I would have grabbed off the shelf. Um, for sure. No, I would not have, I would not have grabbed this. Okay. Let me tell you guys a little bit, if you haven't read the book about the story. So the story centers on Gaia, who is a shy, nearsighted caregiver. So basically what she is, is she is the second daughter of her dad. And he got remarried after her mom died. And she has two, three younger siblings, one of whom is a boy, and the other, there's four girls and a boy. And he is a, a sort of unspecified but slow, like doesn't really talk very well, gets kind of confused. She has to take care of him. She taught him how to, like, sign and speak some words and is kind of the one who takes care of all of the children. And she is also... Um, described at the beginning as having a little bit of her mom's Spanish blood shining through because she's darker than her siblings. Um, Later, we find out that it's because her mom had an affair and she is um, half white, half black, or as, as the time period would call her a mulatto. And she's described really as like, I don't know, she got spectacles and she's like, like very much like a, I don't know, what was he saying, Shani? She's very much sort of accepting of this role at the beginning, at least, where she's going, she's kind of a caregiver. She's kind of the caregiver of the family. And she starts to rebel against yeah. that like pretty quickly, but that's sort of the beginning. And then she, fa- hold on one second. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then her protagonist love interest is the Duke of Cheshire. Got to be a Duke. William St. London. Mm-hmm. And he is being blackmailed because people, someone is saying that his wife who's dead um, is not, was not faithful and that his daughter is not his. And his daughter is completely mute from the day that the wife died. So she used to talk. She's very little but doesn't talk at all anymore. And so he goes back to his, like, family's small, you know, holding in near, obviously, her house. And he's sort of hiding away and hoping that they can figure out who's blackmailing him to protect his daughter um, from sort of, like, derision because he doesn't care whether she's legitimate or not. He's going to keep her. And then they have a nice little meet-cute near the cliffs, when she is cursing uh, the boy <laughs> who lives basically next door, you could consider him, who, and she's sort of cursing him and, and asking God and talking to God, and and he sort of chuckles at her. And that's their me cute. Shani, tell me what your initial, like, quarter of the book was for you. 
So the first quarter of the book, um, for me, in the, the setup, I actually liked the way they met with her because she was super in love, you know, with somebody else. And that person wasn't giving her the time of day. And he kind of meets her, you know, while she's cursing him and trying to figure out how to um, make that situation work out um, where it's kind of hopeless. Um, so I did enjoy that. The beginning, though, I mean, in general, her character was incredibly um, whiny for me. Mm -hmm. And like her interactions with the stepmom were all were always weird. Um, yeah. In the in the beginning of the book, I was I didn't have really good justification for why she was wasn't and couldn't get along with the stepmom, and um, and so that was interesting. I did think that she was perfectly happy to well, I shouldn't say perfect. I did think that she was a caretaker and wasn't really super like trying to get out of that role until. Her dad was like, hey, so we've decided that you're going to dedicate the rest of your life to taking care of your little brother. And, you know, you're not going to get married and have any hopes and dreams and that sort of thing. And I think I think if he had just been quiet and that had let that assumption ride, he might have been able to finagle that <laughs> in real life. Sure. But him declaring it, I think, was the catalyst for her to be like, well, no, I I want to get married. I want to have babies. I want to, you know, do other things, you know, than just be his caretaker. Yeah, I want to have my um, own life, one might say. I One yes. of my first notes in the book mm -hmm. is, her dad's a dick, <laughs> which I stand by <laughs> throughout the entire book. He is a dick. Um, it turns out he that, is. like I mentioned, her mom cheated, and he did keep her and pretend that she was his to give her legitimacy. So in that one way, I would say he's not a dick, but he... He not only, like, sort of assumes that she's going to be totes fine with being her brother's caretaker for the rest of her life and essentially running the entire estate and all the people but getting, like, none of the fun and no husband. Um, but he also is just, like, mean to her throughout and, like, treats her badly and sort of belittles her and clearly blames her yeah. and harbors ill feelings towards her because of the mom's betrayal. And he's, like, constantly talking about, like, her mom's blood coming out, like, meaning that she's going to do something scandalous or she's going to, like, I don't know, like, go have sex with someone or just do something to, like, ruin their name. And I'm, like, she's clearly described in the beginning of this book as being, like, her spectacles and she's wearing, like, very non-revealing clothing even for the time and she's not interested in anyone except for she's, like, pining after the boy next door. And I'm like, yo, bro, like, open your eyes and look at your daughter. She's clearly not doing anything bad. <laughs> she, in fact, taught your son to talk with sign language so at least he can communicate with you a little bit. Um, I just, I got the impression that the dad, like, was a little bit off to her, like, before the book started. He was a little bit off to her, but he wasn't outright mean. And then after he had talked to her about becoming the companion, then he became he became mean, you know, that was the impression I got from the writing. Um, and so I, I think I wanted a little bit more justification for why he became me like just that as mean as he did in the book, mm -hmm. because it really didn't seem like he was coming at her that hard before the book started. So I, I don't know if you got that same impression as I, I did. I actually 
Didn't because later and for a few reasons. One is that the sister's always wearing like nicer clothes than she is. And like the younger mm-hmm. siblings always have like new slippers and she has like these old ratty slippers. And so like clearly she's not being treated the same as her other siblings. And then the other reason is because the stepmother later says something like, I wish I had had the strength to stand up to him for you earlier. Which made me kind uh, of okay. feel like this was like an ongoing sort of thing. But I do agree that he gets, like, worse and worse throughout. I think as his, like, control of her is slipping um, and his fear that the circumstances of her birth are going to get out are slipping, that he becomes really mean towards her. One thing that you did mention earlier, which I agree with, is that her stepmom seems chill as fuck. And she had, like, a lot of mistrust for her. And then it turns out she's, like, the nicest lady in the whole world. Um. And I know a lot of people just, like, generally hate their stepmom just, like, out of principle. But I feel like there's a difference between being a modern person and, like, your parents got divorced and, like, your mom dying and this other lady coming in. And, like, you love your siblings that she's the mom of. She's been there for, like, more than a decade. Um, Anyways, I thought their relationship, like, felt a little off to me. Uh, But one thing in general I thought about this book is just, like, there's so many plot points. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of plot. Like, I'm going to just tell everybody. There are dark secrets on both sides. There's- His side, her side. There's attempted murders. There's kidnapping. Multiple suitors. Sister betrayal. It's a Cinderella story. I mean, there's just a lot. There's, oh, there's two ki- two different children who have different reasons, but for having uh, mutinous and, like, speech problems. Like, it's just, there's a lot of, there's, like, there's, yeah, there's just, like, a lot. There's a lot. Oh, not to mention, I didn't even mention, but there's, so it turns out that, so the mom was in love with the man that she cheated with, the African man, um, who it turns Mm -hmm. out was, like, supposed to be a king or a prince of his tribe. The Osa people in Mm -hmm. South Africa. Because I've been there. I love them. Hi, everyone. Um, And which I feel like in my mind, I mean, not, you know me. I don't really care if historicals are historically accurate. I'm like, whatever. But I'm like, would a prince be in like a small village in England by himself? Seems unlikely. But whatever. I'll go with it. He was. But then he gets. So they find out that he was cheating with her. And to protect her, he yeah. agrees. He basically says that he forced her so to protect her from her own husband. Yeah. And he, even though he's a free man, he go- works with like the vicar of their town and sells him into slavery in the plantations of what was it like Jamaica or something? I forget. Jamaica. And so he's like, they're like, oh, he definitely died then because you can't survive that. And it's just a lot of things happen in this book like usually books have like one or two central conflicts and I feel like this book had just like a lot of things to get through and to wrap up at the end it did and it was it was a little bit so there was a couple things that were weird for me with it where where it was like so he has a daughter who um his wife might have cheated and might have a different dad and then the the girl who he's you know Uh, falling in love with that's the exact scenario that she's right. in um, or she's a product a product of but I also had this like one other like thing which is like if there was uh this 
if there was this African prince, which mind you, there's a lot of places where African princes are a dime a dozen. Like, yeah, true. No, true, no true. lie. I mean, my sister went to school with an African princess. She was like, look, there's a lot of us. There's a, it was not like a, <laughs> you know, it's not. <laughs> but um, I'm assuming, I'm making this assumption that like, if you have this African prince, he's come to this village, his father and uh, parents back home are important people. And then he just mysteriously uh, disappears um, that nobody's going to come looking for him. You know, like that to me was uh, something that I was like, what, like you sold him to slavery, but that doesn't mean he didn't have people. Yeah. And that didn't mean people weren't going to come looking and investigating this scenario. Um, you know, if it had just been some random black like traveler in a, uh, you know, in a, a circus or right. like a, you know, a jester. That would be one thing. Or like um, William's, uh, I was going to say second in command, but his like head of household yeah. sort of valet upper level servant um, is black. So had it been someone like that where he's. That would have made sense to me that, you know, that this, this whole thing went down without a hitch, but I, it, it, uh, that yeah. was weird for me that it like, I was like, no, you know? And then when she, when she overhears about what happened to him and whatever about her dad, like, Part of me was like, investigate. Like, the, they were like, "Oh, that's a death sentence." Like, she just assumed that he was I dead. I know. I was like, "Are are you guys gonna?" But then he does. I guess at the end, they're like, "We're gonna go find your people." In the epilogue, they're like, "Gonna go on their honeymoon yeah. to South Africa to see if they can find some of her relatives," which I thought was a nice gesture from him. I mean, I would say this book for me, the first speaking, going back to the first quarter. Until he proposes yeah. to her, the book for me was really slow. So I liked their meet cute. Super slow. Um, I always really enjoy books where the protagonist is like, no, I don't like her. I don't think I like her. No, I don't like her. I just need to be near her all the time and hear all her thoughts and touch her hair and <laughs> love her. But I don't like her. No, mm -mm, I'm not going to marry yeah. her. But I just need to keep running into her. Why didn't she talk to me yesterday? And like, like th I think those books are so much fun. Uh, and so yeah. once they like met, and especially once he was like, oh, well, we should just get married. It's the obvious solution. It's always the obvious solution. Because um, then you can, <laughs> you know, help me with, my daughter and you could still be living nearby and still help your brother, but like you won't have to be his caretaker for yeah. the rest of your life. So obviously let's just do that. And like that for me is when the book started to like actually pick up because they were in more scenes together. Yeah. Um, and I thought their scenes together, I liked their scenes together. Like I believed the, you know, he's watching her with the daughter or she's watching him with the daughter or they're walking in the gardens and he's stealing kisses. Um, mm -hmm. The like those all really worked for me. Um, yeah. Like here, I'll tell you one of my, one of my favorite quotes, you know, I like quotes and she's, she's all like innocent too, which I think is kind of a nice and also would be realistic, but also a nice little, part of this exchange. So she's like, this will be a marriage of convenience. Has something changed? A week, Gaia. Days of remembering the smell of your hair at the deepening color of your irises right before I kiss you and going to sleep in an empty bedchamber. All make me want you more. 
Her cheeks felt hot, but his words left her speechless. I need you to know that I desire you, Gaia. A marriage of convenience is how things start, not how they end. And I was like, oh, oh, bunch of bear bear near. That's a good line. That was a good line. Yeah. So I was like, like, you know, it took a while for me to get going. But I was like, oh, halfway through the book, I was like, okay, I'm like, there's a lot of God talk, an aggressive amount of God talk. She cries a lot in this book. But both of those things, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like, I, I, like, I can absolutely see where the God thing for some people would be a great addition. I can see where for some readers it would be a really big detractor. Um, I didn't, it didn't really bother me aside from that it happened so often. Like it was so often went to as like the, the way their thoughts went or what they said out loud or the way that they're like working through things was like constantly like, I'm going to pray. I'm not going to pray. I'm going to pray. I'm not going to pray. So that for me, <laughs> more than it actually being about God, was a little bit challenging. Yeah. But like by like, I don't know, two thirds of the way through the book or so, I was like, okay, like there's a lot going on, but like I'm here. For, I, I'm okay with this. I like their, I like their romance. I'm, 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 I'm fine with it. I mean, you, you're better than me because I don't know. So like full disclosure, okay, like. I feel like I escaped Christianity <laughs> with barely my san with with barely my sanity, um, you know. And I tried really hard not to judge the book on the amount of God talk, but it just in general, it was just it was just it was just a lot was for a lot. me. Like I understand because my because I speak Christian when I come home. My mom like. I, my mom doesn't know that I'm not Christian and because it makes her happy to believe so. So when I come home, I speak Christian to her. Mom, the spirit told me, mom, the, you know what I mean? I feel the blessings and blah, 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 you know, like, um, you know, so God Shani, talking I would pay good money to off. have dinner with you and your mom. <laughs> I'd be like a whole new Shawnee. <laughs> Let's put it this way. My, my, my uh, brother's wife is here and she just looked at me. She said, Shawnee, you entertain me. <laughs> That's what she told me before. <laughs> before I started my podcast. She's like, I would just stay here for the entertainment. Yes. Um, but, um, but anyways, I, uh, uh, you know, so God talk in general doesn't, put me off but just the amount of it in the book i was like i was like i knew immediately i was like oh this is a a christian author but not like not just like a christian author this is like an author who writes christian romance this is a christian romance and i realized halfway through the book i was like there will be no sex in this book like and i was and then and then my heart dropped and my son and i was like no because i am having a lot of anxiety and depression this week and i just need a sex scene i need a sex scene and i'm not gonna get it in this book and i was like okay okay <laughs> it's gonna be okay i was like but the thing was the book for me was yes. mainly boring um so i was looking forward to them kind of getting down a little bit you yeah know? they just they just and do some kisses like there's no getting down there's no like there's no even no. real like groping or trying to get down like it is very above board very and 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 the thing about it is in the previous books that had no sex, I didn't know it until the end of the book. Like the book ended and I was like, well, there was no sex in this book. Uh, but this one I realized early on. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I got to keep reading this book. Yeah. And I honestly would not, I would not have read this book, this book past the first few chapters. I would have stopped reading mm. this book. Yeah. I don't know that I would have finished it either. Um, if we weren't reading it for the podcast. So one of the things, yeah. so one of the big plot points, here's my thing about big plot points. 
I'm gonna get on a soapbox real quick for you guys. Okay. Get on, get on it, Bridget. Get if on it. There is something that is so obvious to me as a reader that I am like, well, duh, X person is the only obvious answer to this question. Like, just tell me right away as the reader. And then I'm fine to let the main character, like, figure it out later. But as the reader, just tell me. Because I already know. And now I'm just annoyed that you're just, like, dragging it out. So there were two... Th- you talking about his cousin? Yes. So his cousin comes. She is... Sounds like, oh, God. Literally a one-dimensional bad guy. So he's doesn't yep. want her... He's, like, trying to hide from her because she's a widow. Is she a widow? Or she just wants to marry him. And yeah, but she's clearly him. like evil and like after his money and after him and like in a predatory sort of like I'm gonna marry you way, not in a like lovesick, oh, but I think that you're great and your wife died, so like I wanna take care of your child kind of way. And he's also already being blackmailed. And then we find out that not only does she poison him, but she also at one point during the book, but she also poisoned his wife, which is why she fell down the stairs and died. And she tries to poison Gaia also. And she's going to try and steal the baby. But Gaia, like, tells the main servant, watch this door, don't let anyone in except for me and William. And so she kidnaps Gaia instead and tries to get her to jump off a cliff. And, like, yeah. <laughs> everyone's surprised at the end that it's her. And I'm like, well, it's, I've been her the whole time. She's terrible. And then the other thing yeah. about this book that I thought was really obvious was that his best friend was in love with his wife when she was alive. Yeah. Because they say it so many times that, like, he the, or the character says, like, oh, well, we were best friends as children. And, oh, like, we all grew up together. And... I'm devastated by her dying and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, duh, you're the one who's sleep. Why are you trying to like figure out who she was sleeping with, bro? Like just man, <laughs> man up and tell him. Oh my God. And I was just like, oh my God, this is exhausting. I know where these are, both of these are going. One thing I did like was that Gaia, yeah. when she finds out about the best friend, goes to him and says like, you need to mm-hmm. tell him today or I will tell him tomorrow. Because this is, like, you're drinking yourself to death. He's devastated. Like, you have to do this. Um, So I liked that about her character. But I'm getting off my soapbox now. But if you're writing a story, if it's an obvious answer to the plot, just tell, as a reader, just let me know that it's the obvious answer. And then we can just get back to the book. Um, Otherwise, give me a couple people that I'm wondering about. (laughs) So that... That's... that's I think that's the key, though. Like, you got to give people a couple people and really make us think, like, is it? Okay, each of them has their own separate motive. And, like, it could be anybody. And then you start leading us to one person and you find out it's another person. You know, like, uh, yeah, I, I am totally with you on that because as soon as they had the, first of all, she was a, she was totally a one-dimensional villain, but it was really annoying to me how, like, how persistent she was when she was talking to William about them being together. And he was like, no. And she's like, yes, yeah. yes, no, no. And it just it just made it super obvious. It made it like, you know what I mean? And I, uh, as somebody who's going to be super cunning and be poisoning people, I just thought she, you know, she, she could have been more subtle. Yeah. You know, like, it, to me, it becomes disappointing 
um, in any book when the author doesn't give me the privilege of like being considered intelligent. Um, and some, and I do t- like, I feel like I take it personal. I take it personal when you like write a book, when you hand me characters, Yeah. like let me unfold with them. Let me, and, and there's a, I know that there's a fine balance of like, Hey, I don't want to give you too much exposition position to, to tell you about a character. Uh, but also I need you to kind of know who they are. Um, and we read a book recently that did it really well. Uh, was that bringing down the Duke that mm-hmm. we thought did it really mm-hmm. well? Um, and, uh, but, but we need to, I mean, these, we need to care about these characters somehow, some way. And I, sometimes I'm longing for just more, like, I love romance. And so I'm always longing for just a more intelligent read, like, along the way. That's why I actually really loved um, Sonali Dev's book. It was just in the wrong category. I wanted it to be more of a romance right. than women's fiction. But if it had a, if it had a, had open door sex scenes and a little less mom daughter interaction and a little bit more of her and her booze interaction, like that book would have been a five for me, right? You know, um, uh, because it was such an intelligent book. And so, I guess, like, I think the more books we read as we do this podcast, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting pickier and pickier along the way. I'm like, somebody please wow me, <laughs> somebody please anyone. But also, I feel like this is the per because I've read Shawnee. You know that I read an aggressive amount of books, not for this podcast. Yes, and you guys, I promise, yes. I'm going to start releasing more of my commentary on Patreon because we've done a couple, and I have about ten uh, ready to go. But in between reading this book and recording, which has been two, maybe two weeks, I've read like six or seven other books. And, like, four of them were five stars, and the other ones were four stars. I mean, these were great. And I've been just as stressed last week as I am this week. And, like, a great book is a great book. Just like we were talking about at the beginning, like, a great movie is a great movie. And I think, in general, it also hurts my heart because like if we release something and it's not great, like let's say we're making a video or you're making music um, or I'm writing something and we're doing it by ourselves or maybe with one or two other collaborators, like we don't have that many people who have eyes on it before we release it because we a don't have time. We yeah. don't have budget to pay people. Um, and so if there's something wrong with it or something like a lot of times we're like, Ooh, I know the editing could be tighter, but A, I don't have the skill set or I don't have the time or whatever. But in books yeah. that are in traditional publishing, I'm like, you have people who are in charge of making sure that what is published to the public is high quality, or I hope that's their job. Yeah. And you have people. Who, I mean, they, they're getting paid. Yeah, and you're getting paid to make sure the story makes sense. So, like, for instance, if I was, and I have edited a lot of people's like film and TV scripts, but like I have a bunch of people who I do it for free and they're just friends of mine who are writers and they will send it to me and I will eviscerate their plots. This doesn't make sense. You're telling me this is the next night and they got all the way there. False. Like I will just like everything I can find. I will poke holes in the whole thing as much as I can because they're, that's what they're asking me to do part a, but also because at the end of the day, they want to make a good story. And so it, 
it concerns me that we've read so many authors now that I'm like, you must have a trusted group of readers. You must have then like the next layer of readers who are like not your close friends or critique partners, but they're like your, re- you know, advanced reader, but like not ARC people like us, but like, you know, pre-editing ARC people. And then you have an editor or maybe a few editors. And then you have the publisher and your agent and like your mom. Like I don't, at some point I feel like if I had read this book and I was friends with Vanessa Riley or I was just a stranger who she chose to be on her reading group for this book, like I would have been like, Hey, here are the things I like. Cause I did, I, like I said, like I, I liked their interactions together. Like when they were together, strong scenes for me. Um, yeah, but there was just too much going on. So everything dragged. Cause like, okay, we haven't even talked about the love triangle. Okay. So at the beginning of the book, she's in love with the boy. Oh yeah. She's in love with the boy next door, which is fine. It was kind of, you know, but then he like at one point is engaged to her cousin and then he switches affections to her older sister. Who's like, quote unquote, the prettier one. And she's still like pining for him. And then she gets mad at her sister about it. But I'm like, really, you should realize this guy's just is not going to be with you. So then she dances with yeah. the Duke. And of course, it makes the boy two next door. Yeah, two dances. Scandal. And of course, it makes the boy next door realize she's alive because now a Duke is dancing with her. So, ooh, maybe I should look at her. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted there to like not be a love triangle. Like, I wanted, once he proposed, I really wanted, like, I'm fine with him, like, the Duke being jealous because this boy has been, you know, like, in her heart for all these years. But I also wanted her to be like, yeah, but, like, I'm marrying you. Like, he's just, like, I liked him as a girl, but, like, I'm going to be your wife. And I really wanted her to just be, like, very settled in that. But they dragged out yeah. the love triangle thing, I thought, unnecessarily. Because, again, there's a lot of other plot. And I feel like she could have just, like, had a moment where she realizes, like, oh, he doesn't love me for me. And just, like, shut that shit down early. Yeah. And then. Yeah, me too. Have that, like, kind of. So, yeah, okay. So, so then I'm very curious to know how you feel um, about the way that they uh, did the like trick at the end where um, the Duke had to, to um, tell her how he felt. Uh, what did you oh, think about that scene? I just, okay. So, <laughs> so, okay. So she dresses up her sister as her and both of the suitors are waiting in the room. And she might, mind you, she's been like, unconscious for 12 hours because that woman tried to kill her and and she was found he finds her of course by the tree because he loves her so he knew where she was gonna be oh no the other boy finds her he didn't find her yeah yeah Mm -hmm. anyways and they're both waiting and the sister walks in and the the childhood best friend uh boy next door says you know i love you i think we should get married but it's not her and he says i would tell her i loved her more than my life itself She's not in this room because he notices that the slippers she's wearing aren't like ratty and old like the one she wears. Yeah. In general, I think those scenes are great. I think they're fun in movies. I think they're fun in books. I, you know, it's always nice when the main character sort of reaffirms that he sees because that's all it is, is that he sees her. Like, that's what it's saying. It's like, I yeah. see all of you. I know it's you no matter what. 
I think yeah. those scenes are lovely. I think, again, like, that's a separate, like, it almost felt like there's two books. There's the book that is, yeah. she loves her child best, best friend. This Duke comes here. They enter into a marriage of convenience so that she doesn't have to be, like, essentially a governess for her own brother her whole life. And because he wants to protect his daughter and have her teach the daughter. And then, but then the other guy realizes she's there. And then they have this love triangle. And that's the book. That's the whole book is that. And her having to choose and blah, blah, blah. The other book is the book that has, (laughs) like, the betrayals and the murders and the you know, kidnappings and the intrigue. intrigue. Like that's a separate book, but that book shouldn't also have a love triangle because there's, there was too much. There's too much for me to know like what stuff I should care about and what stuff should be important. I think, I think you nailed it. It was like, uh, they're throwing a lot at us and a whole bunch of it was not necessary to the story. Um, I think a good edit could have caught a lot of the issues that I have with this yeah. book. Like, why did we even care for for real? Like, for real, for real. Why did we even care that the best friend was sleeping with his wife who's dead? Except, like, why, that whole plot is just doesn't matter. Because it turns yeah. out that he never actually slept with the wife. So it's So the daughter is Williams. So it's not even like she's illegitimate. And... Like that, and the cousin could have still been after after William. The cousin could have been and after him the anyway, wife, and that whole thing could have still happened. She could have, whether or not he, she had cheated exactly. or not. Exactly. Like the whole, like it yeah. didn't, like that whole plot could have nixed, and nothing would have changed really in the whole story. So, yeah, I mean, except for that, like he knows that he was such a bad husband that she was driven into another man's arms. I guess is like the thing. I don't know. Anyways, I yeah. Yeah, it but, was a lot. Yeah, and then like for me, and for me, the whole test at the very end of the book, like I, I'm with you in the fact that I felt like um, she should have known what she wanted. Like it was, it was weird because the other guy wasn't a cat. No, like he wasn't. It was like this at all. Yeah, it was like this last confirming. Like to me, it's a very clear sign that her self esteem is isn't nearly where it should be. You know, because I'm like, you're if it, what? So what if this loser had had known you weren't the one there, you were going to go with him? Yeah. Like what? Like that guy was clearly he and he said to her face like that. I noticed you once he noticed yeah. you. He says that in turn in the book. And I'm like, and I, and I was like, like, you don't need what? he proposed to your cousin and then was flirting with your sister. Like your this sister man doesn't care about you. Yeah, and Ew, like he's like a botanist. You know. You're gonna marry a duke, yo. Like get your, like I completely, I completely agree. In the context of this story, it felt like she should have gone down and been like, "Thank you so much for saving me. Please go home. You didn't need to stay." Yeah, like my future yeah. husband is here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Get the fuck out. <laughs> get out. Get out. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back hello best friends thank you for being loyal listeners of romance at a glance we're so happy to have you if you'd like to support us further head over to patreon where you can become one of our patrons 
We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now back to our show. All right, Bridget, we are back. So what did you think of our heroine? What did you give her? Okay, so I like that her character had a definite arc. Um, that she learns to embrace herself and her parentage. Because um, at the beginning, she goes from, A, her dad, again, Dick, th- tells her that she's the product of rape, which it turns out that her parents were actually in love, and that was not true. Um, so she sort of embraces the heritage of what she thinks. I mean, obviously, she's just told who her dad was. She never met him, doesn't have any contact with his people, but um, embraces being biracial and is proud of it and proud of her past and her sort of, uh, I guess, underlying architecture, even though, you know, again, she wasn't brought up in that culture. So I thought that was nice. Um, she cried a lot. She talked to God a lot. (laughs) And I didn't love that she, uh, like you said, that she didn't like firmly choose him. She like had that little contest at the end, which didn't necessarily fit the book, but I thought she was fine. I thought she was good. I thought she was good. I thought she had some good moments. I love the way that she took care of her brother and his daughter and like her patience. I also liked how when he was like, you have to pick her up. She was like, sit your ass down. I know how to make a child calm themselves to sleep. <laughs> your way is not working and I will fix this. Uh, so I like that about yeah. her. How about you? Uh, I gave her a two. Um, I actually agree with everything that you said. Um, but I, she just came off very simpery to me, like simpering, um, all the time. And though, like the whiny or whatever. And I don't know if you, like, I've known people in real life that always, whenever I look at them, I always feel like they're about to burst into tears. Like she was like the book equivalent of this to me, like where I just never felt like, like there was very few times where I was like, oh man, she's super doesn't feel like she's simpering. Um, so I give her a two. Um, but I do, I agree with uh, all that you said. How about uh, Sir William? So William, I was on the fence, but I rounded up to a three. Um, generally, uh, he was okay. Like he was, he's all right. I did like that he um, was all about his daughter, even though he was he he firmly believed that she wasn't his daughter. He was like, I don't know if she's mine or not, but it didn't it didn't it didn't matter. I like that. I like that he was just like, look, she's my daughter, and that's gonna be what it's gonna be. And when he had that nursemaid who was like, he felt like was being inattentive for his daughter. You know, he got rid of um, her very quickly um, or whatnot. I thought they had some sexy moments. I thought he had uh, a little bit suave. Uh, at certain points, um, I didn't feel like over the top, like, oh, wow, I'm so in love with this character by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I, I mean, I just felt like he was all right. Like, yeah, row yeah. middle of the road. I thought he was all right, too. <laughs> I think I gave him a three, too. I thought yeah. I liked that he liked and respected her. I thought that was nice. I mm-hmm. like that he was always trying to steal kisses. You know, I like somebody who's always trying to get up on you and steal some kisses. Yes, 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 yes. Again, I already read the quote, but I liked that he was like, it might start as this, but like, I want you. We going to get it, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, he's kind of an idiot because he didn't realize that his best friend loved his wife and that his cousin was a bad guy. But I did like 
I one of the other big things that I liked about him <laughs> was that he um the way he treated her brother, I really liked. Like he never talked down mm-hmm. to him. He was always like Yeah. You know, he was like, thank you for helping me talk to her, take care of her, or whatever. So um, I gave him a three. I thought he was okay. Yeah. I think he was a, okay. a clear oh. McDreamy. He was definitely a McDreamy. There was no steam. There was steam. no steam. There was no, no there, sex in this book, There people. was not even any liquid. I was gonna, I actually wrote down <laughs> vanilla no sex, and then I was like, well, they don't actually have sex. So it's just, it's, yeah. it's just. Uh, flirting? Flirting. It's vanilla. I mean, Dry? it's vanilla flirting. I, I I thought she did a good job with some of the tension of their moments, but yeah, we we didn't yeah. get any any nasty. It was all classy. And we we know Bridget and I we we don't approve we of that. We don't approve. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I put in some good Christian sex. Yes. You know what I'm saying? This kind of sex that the Lord the that the Lord, Lord has deemed acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of sex in the Bible. I. My thing is like you're gonna write a Christian romance, cool, fine. Like I like to each their own, but like let them get married halfway through the book and then give me a sexy, you know, one that is sanctified by the marriage, or at least, uh, or at bed. least married, you know, you know <laughs> married in chapter twenty eight, and then there's a nice epilogue of sex. Yeah, Ex- sex. a married sex, give me the sex, sex, <laughs> sex belong, sex belong. Okay. A sex married blog. Uh, recording sex it. Hashtag, hashtag sex blog. Hashtag sex blog. <laughs> that actually happens a lot in books where they're like either either the epilogue is somebody had a baby and is over the moon happy now because they yes. fast forwarded through the whole pregnancy and birth and everything and, and now the baby's like cute and fat and like ten months old and happy. Um, mm-hmm. Or they're having sex because they just got married. I think I think the yeah. sex blog is my favorite epilogue. Uh, Shani, what was your favorite line in the book? Did you have one? I did have one. You know, I always like a line that is relevant to myself because I'm a Leo and self obsessed. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, I generally like um, lines that stick out to me because I've encountered something like that in real life. And so the one that I really like is that um, her mom or her stepmom Sarah is talking to her. Um, and she says, um, you've outgrown the need for a one-sided love, um, talking about her childhood mm-hmm. crush. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really like that line. It resonated. Um, and in general, I've always been the other side of the one-sided. Like, people have always liked me way more than I've ever liked them. <laughs> um, and my sister says that makes me wonderful. She's like, you... <laughs> she was like, You're you are a dick. And I was just I just don't care that much in general. But um I've come to a point where um I'm really enjoying having a two sided uh love. And um and so I just thought this was like an, a very appropriate line. It's like, you know, adulting. It is adulting. Um, you know, I I what think these you? historicals have all these funny rules, which always amuses me. So my second one was <laughs> And what was so wrong at wanting to reward her so she could buy shoes? He couldn't buy her such a personal gift. Only a father or fiance could. <laughs> like you want to buy her some shoes? <laughs> oh my god! I love it. I think it's so funny. I mean, I I feel like if I ever wrote yeah. in the historical genre, like I would lean so hard into that stuff because that I feel like for me, at least in the the ones that we've read so far. 
the recognizing and then getting around the propriety to show your feelings or show that you care is the like the feelsy romance of it. Not the I'm not talking about like getting around it by yeah. like sneaking into a corner and like popping out a titty and making out or something like that. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about the the love, Shani, the feels. You know, I like the feels. I want to feel the feels. And yeah. That for me is like you know, him trying to figure out how he can get her shoes because he can't get, he can't buy them for her. So he's trying to like give her money, but that offends her because she doesn't want to be his governess. And like, which eventually leads him to being like, wow, we should just get married because then I can buy you shoes. Like that's like basically how it all spirals for him in his brain. And I think yeah. that that is, I think that that is lovely. <laughs> Yeah, it is. I do. I am looking forward to as we keep reading um, for you to see all the other kind of rules of propriety and of the times and just to see what you think about them all. Um, because, you know, I I forget. I'm so used to reading these books that, that a lot of the stuff is super normal. Um, and so when you bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, that is new for you. You know what? You know what else? Before we go into our favorite reviews that I want to say is that. I also had this other epiphany about historicals and why you like them so much because we really bonded over our love of paranormal romances and fantasy romances, but historicals are fantasy Mm -hmm. romance because they're not based in any sort of reality. No matter how much research these authors do, and I'm not saying that they don't do their due diligence and that they aren't writing with you know, some historical accuracy or maybe a ton of historical accuracy. What I'm saying is that it doesn't matter because, like, no one has all their teeth. No one has beautiful figures. No one has (laughs) rippling six-packs with Vs pointing down to their, like, you know, like, no one has, like, even just, like, trying to get a tit out of a corset, like, that shit is impossible. You have to unlace that motherfucker. Like, these just aren't realism. These are romance. And I, for one, don't care at all if they are historically relevant or true or anything. <laughs> as long as the story is good yeah. and I'm feeling it and I'm feeling the chemistry, like, I don't care that she's like a washerwoman and it's some duke and that would never happen. I don't give a flying fuck <laughs> as long as you convince me that that is what is happening. Um, so anyways, it just it just occurred to me that you love this because it is complete escapism. And it is, it's exactly the same complete. as reading a fantasy or paranormal because it's just yeah. not our reality. It's just not modern. It's not contemporary. So you can ignore yeah. all kinds of sins of, of the way they, the men are very patriarchal, the way that they're very controlling, the way that they're very, mm-hmm. like, you're like, whatever. Of course he is, because well, like, it's, you know, the 1800s, and yeah. that's just how, that's well, just it, fact. Like, he is in control. Yeah. Uh, so I, I it, yeah. it's all making and I, sense and, to me, Shawnee, and I have to say, I also have, aside from the ones we're reading for this, <laughs> read about maybe six or seven other ones so far in the last month, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying my deep, I'm enjoying my deep, uh, immersion into historicals i think you really nailed it uh right there it is it's like a total escapism and you do get to accept 
things that you can't accept in contemporary romance. In contemporary romance, we were we were freaking social justice warriors. And in historical, you can't be. Yeah. Like you're you're like, no, this is the time. It's a snapshot in time. That's what it was. You don't get to like judge the you know the time yeah. of it um and so it allows you to just be able to like breathe into a moment and you know me i'm i'm into the ds or whatever you know dominant submission yeah. and whatever so the 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 alpha male or overbearing male type of characters and stories i um for a lot of times enjoy just depend on on how it's done but i enjoy those um i like the I even like the uh, taboo romances um, that uh, are dark romances, you know. Um, And so, but it's weird because when you do read some contemporary books that are set in the now and you know where the characters live and what's going on, it's a lot harder to accept those things. It's too real, it's too close to reality, um, and that's ever-evolving. But the timestamp of history lets you just, you know, let go Mm -hmm. a whole lot. Yeah, and I don't, I don't. (laughs) I apologize if you are one of these readers, but again, like, I don't give a fuck if it makes no sense that he's a duke and he's in this little village and he should be a viscount or whatever. I don't care. Good for you for caring. But also, I also maybe think that you should not be reading romances and maybe you should be reading nonfiction histories or something. Like, like I, I, I worry... I worry about people's enjoyment of things if they are um, not just looking, not just looking for a good story, <laughs> trying to and figure a good out the romance. Because, yeah, you know, again, like a lot of these authors, I can tell yeah. they're doing tons of research, and it shows. And I, I'm believing the world that they've set up, but also it's fiction. So if they want to yeah. take some liberties, then then it's a fictional story and they can just feel free to take some liberties. Which is a funny thing because all of these historical authors, like um, in Bringing Down the Duke, there was a whole note in the back of what she kind of fudged to work, make things work out for the story, which means you know there's a lot of readers who write in and are like, yeah. well, actually, like, well, actually, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you know that that, um, that that happened. And, oh, and I'm going to tell you this so that you know. So Viscount is actually Viscount. <laughs> That's how you say. Um, I, yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> But uh, but uh, I mean it's it's spelled Vizcald, but that um, but uh, yeah, and I I think it's kind of interesting because I'm kind of with you in the fact that like I really don't care that it's like how accurate the story is per se. Um, I just care that it's other, you know, like like we're in another time and another place, and it's kind of the 1800s ish. It's kind of this, sort of, you know, like. That's really all I care about. And all I'm really willing to get into at this point with the amount of books I read, I just want to be able to set my brain into other land and then enjoy a really yeah. good story. I'm going to tell you my favorite review. And I think that you will not be shocked when I say that I chose the one that was by Bridget. Not me, but another Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> if you quote, if you start quote, if you start quoting yourself, Bridget, <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to meta the shit out of this podcast one day, Johnny, and choose my own goddamn quote. I think I quoted this. My favorite review is my own, and I will tell you it is thus. 
Uh, anyways, Bridget wrote a, uh, rated it four stars, which was higher than I rated it, but I did like what she said, which is, the story was a good one. I won't rehash what others have written about the plot, but holy holiness, I would have liked a heads up about the prevalence of religion and prayer and Bible references in this book. A total turnoff for me, but that's a personal thing. And I enjoyed the main character, Gaia, but I would have liked less weeping. Much less. I will try another book by this author just to see if another one will be better, but that's just what she's made me. But that's just because she made me like the characters. Now, I feel like that review, Bridget, is for not a four-star review. I think that you probably meant to click three stars. However, <laughs> I do agree. I think the religion mm-hmm. was a lot. I think the weeping was mm-hmm. a lot. And I think that the plot was mm-hmm. a lot. However, despite all of that, I thought uh, it was okay. What about you? What was your favorite review? My review, uh, short and sweet, is from Loretta, who rated it two stars. And she wrote, I did not finish <laughs> I did not finish this. Too much time devoted to the heroine, worried about her secret. I would have preferred more elaboration of the teaching methods concerning the children and their difficulties. Um, and that's pretty much like I picked it because it was kind of short and sweet. There was so much more they could have talked or focused on in this book that wasn't like rehashing all the time the same things and her, you know. I know for a fact that Mm. if I could have put this book down 10 different times, I would have. If I did not have to finish this for the podcast, I would not have finished this book. And I have... I do not feel like I want to read any more books from this author <laughs> because because fundamentally I I don't read Christian romances it's not my thing and and romances without sex obviously anybody who knows us to this point knows that ain't our thing um you she's not going to not be a Christian tomorrow and she's not going to stop writing Christian romances all of her books are going to be Christian romances so to me there's no point in reading any more of uh her books so what was your star rating? A two. It was not like terrible enough to be a one, but it was definitely not a yeah. recommendation. I waffled between a two and a three, Johnny. A 2.5. If we did half stars, this would be a 2.5 for me because there were some things that I liked, but there were a lot of things that I did not like. I thought weirdly, because my character ratings were both threes, you would think the book would be about a three for me. However, I thought that their characters were better than the book. Um, There's so, there's just too, there was just too Mm, much going on. Um, And that is why I gave it a two, ultimately, not a three. Because the story itself was too convoluted and it made me lose sight of the romance. And even though, and like, I liked the characters enough that if we had lost perhaps two or three subplots, I think this book would have really worked. Yeah, I agree. As it was, um, unfortunately a two. Um, and I have read one of Vanessa Riley's other books. Um, and I also didn't love it. So, you know, maybe just, I think also that book did not have a laugh, did not have any sex in it, which I didn't think about when we were doing this book. I did not connect that. I didn't connect it either. I'm like, oh, how, uh, I did not see that it was a um, 
Christian romance. You know, so I think I think if if you are someone who a doesn't mind God talk in your books and also likes closed door romances, this one actually, you know, you might be at more of a three or even a four. Who knows? Um, but it is a lot of plot, and I think I think in general, if you like those things, then some of her books might be for you. But those are not our things, and so those books are not for us. Well, Shawnee, there had to be one historical that we were not feeling. Yes, dear Bridget. They can't all be five stars. I mean, they could, they could, they could. Here's the thing, Why though. Not? Here's the thing, though, Shawnee. <laughs> Why People, not, I'm going to tell you, because Shawnee already <laughs> knows this. She chose all the books. Yeah. So we went off, as she said earlier in the podcast, we went off recommendations. And Vanessa Raleigh was recommended to us by a bunch of people. Um, not this exact book, a different one. So maybe we should have read that one instead. Yeah, probably. We don't pre-read the books because we want to read them the first time together, with the exception of like, you know, Shawnee had read The Duke and I years ago and things like that. But for the most part, neither of us have ever read the books and we don't talk about it at all before we talk on this podcast so that everything is fresh and like we don't have this whole fun like side conversation before we start. And then like, we're like, God damn it, we should have been recording. So we literally are like, bursting at the seams to speak together. And unfortunately, that leads us to sometimes having books that we don't like. Yeah. Which is, which is, again, you know, we're happy to do it for you because now you know about this book um, and can make an informed decision based on what we have said. Yes. And not on marketing hype. I think that's the key too. Like, you really nailed it for me when you said the marketing hype. I, you know, we are on Instagram. We follow other bookstagrams. We follow um, other public, we follow publishers and, um, and authors and all that. And of course they're marketing their book. And um, I, we see all these books that are supposed to be rated really highly, like must read, must read, must read, must read. And so we read them and we're like, how is this a must read? Like, we we can't fathom how how anybody checked this book off as a must read, <laughs> and I think that one thing that Bridget and I um, you know are committed to is giving a thousand percent honest reviews. And sometimes it's really difficult for me, like because I'm like I am definitely tearing down someone's book and their art or whatever. I don't want anybody to ever think that we don't give honest reviews because we. <laughs> We go in. Yeah. I would hate <laughs> because, for someone to read a book that we recommended as five stars and then go, oh, this book sucked. I sucked. hate this book. I'm not, I, I don't trust them. I'm not going to like listen to them or I don't, I don't think their reviews are honest. Like I think they're yeah. getting paid or I think they're like, I would love to be getting paid. If anyone would, would like love to pay to us to review paid, things, <laughs> we would love to be getting paid. Um, but uh, at the moment, Nobody is paying us for anything. I mean, eventually, I'm hoping that we'll get some free books out of this. Um, but <laughs> I'll still I'll still savage yeah. a book if it's a bad book, whether I got yeah. a free copy or not. I'll just take some pretty pictures of it, too. But, uh, yeah, I want us to be a place where, yeah, where people can get, you know, can really know. Because Goodreads lies. Goodreads lies. And I, and I do want to say, I want people, and by people, I want you guys to come and... If you're someone who likes us and follows us 
and like we're your type of reviewers, like that's awesome. Like come stay, be our friends, talk to us on Instagram, talk to us on Twitter, which I recently started doing. Um, you know, come be a patron, write us a review, recommend some books, tell your friends because you are who we are doing this for. I mean, we talk about romance novels all the time in our personal friendship and we're going to be friends forever anyway. So, uh, Facts. but we do the podcast cause we want to talk to you guys also. And we want to hear from you. And we want to, you know, we want to like know that when we go on Goodreads and see a book is five stars and we're like, yo, what book did you all fucking read? Like, <laughs> we've been getting a bunch of comments recently. Like, oh my God, you also didn't like that book. That makes me feel so good. Cause I thought it was crazy. Everyone gave it five stars. So we want to be those people that, you know, when you come to us, like if we gave it five stars, like that book is dope as hell. Yep. Um, and also has sex in it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to co- start coming up with a rating system so you know how kinky the sex is. Like, I if if it were up to me, every book would have a code on the front that told you one if it was a closed door, open door, how steamy that was. If there were any triggers, if there's any trigger warnings uh, in warnings. in said book, and if there is not a hea or happily ever after at the end, like. Every book would just have like a little legend things, little thing at the bottom. Just a quick, little quick limbs. Little quick, quick limbs. Yeah. Did someone quick. get tied up? We yeah. don't know. We don't know. But if there's over there three anal? chilies. We don't know. <laughs> Somebody's getting spanked. That's all, what I want to know. Did somebody get, did somebody get spanked? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. You guys, oh. speaking of getting spanked and. And anal and also getting tied up, all of those things. Mm, Shawnee yeah. and I are thinking about doing a dark romances season. What do you guys think about that? Because we're thinking, first of all, people love them. They're really popular. Yes. And we're thinking about doing a whole season. And but kind of with the caveat that like the whole point of the series is that, or that subgenre rather, not series, is that consent will be blurred or perhaps not there murky at best murky at best and that we are going into it knowing that so that won't be something that we critique um because we know that that's happening as part of the appeal so let us know are you a fan of dark romances we've had a couple people on instagram uh give us uh some real positive feedback and some good authors to start checking out. Mm-hmm. So let us know. Cause we're, we're contemplating. We're contemplating. If you have a favorite one, uh, drop us a review and leave it in a comment or let us know. All right, Bridget, it's time. The next time we record our next podcast, I will be home. Yeah. I will be home. Let me tell you right now. And also remember, we'll be doing book one and not book three. Don't read the wrong book. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder, Bridget. <laughs> Because you're welcome. <laughs> because I'm not gonna lie and say I'm not a hat mess right now. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, uh, but definitely, um, I'm really excited uh, that this journey is, you know, about to head to an end. Come to come to an end over there. Yeah. Um, so that'll be great. Well, I'm excited to see your face in real life and give you a hug. Yes, girl. Yes. All right, dear listeners. Thank you for coming on this journey with us today. The next book hopefully is better. Until next time, may your books be your lover. And your hands your best friend. Yowzas! 
Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.